One second. Hey, we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotel Talk. My name is Jennifer Susky. Today, we have the pleasure of chatting with Jonathan Holcomb um, with Story Hospitality, or Story Hotel Group, rather. Sorry about that. So welcome. Thanks for being on. Hi, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. I want to know a little bit about you. So tell me, well, first of all, how was your Thanksgiving before we get into all that? It was good. We had a, you know, just a small gathering with, you know, my wife and her parents and our, our kids. So uh, we kept it real small. Obviously, things are not so great right now. So we're, we're trying not to be uh, part of the problem. Right. Yeah. I know that there's a little, a lot of controversy out there over whether or not to travel during the holidays. I know it was definitely a, um, a very hard decision in my household. My husband and I, our whole family are on the East coast. So we had a very small, as in just the two of us holiday this year, but we, I agree, oh, wow. like okay. kind of have to stay home and do your part. But at the same time, if you're going to do it, make sure to do it safe. Right. Absolutely. Another one coming up. Yeah, I was just going to ask. I was like, do you guys have the same plan for Christmas then? Well, it's a little bit different because we're actually in the process of moving too. So I think we're going to take it real easy for Christmas. We'll probably just do like Christmas Eve at my wife's parents' house and that'll be that. Christmas Day, we'll do it home. Well, that's still fun. It's really nice. It's still intimate. You know what I mean? It's different. I'll change it up for the holidays a little bit. So I think it's, it's it could be a blessing in disguise too. Maybe teach some of us to cook that aren't used to doing that sort of thing. You know? So <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> maybe I, I, give us that opportunity. I love to cook, so that'll be nice. So yeah, you're not burning the turkey like I would do that. So, okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into hospitality? Yeah, so uh, when I, I first came home from college, I needed a job. So uh, I, I had a friend of a friend that worked at a, in a hotel casino in Las Vegas and got me a job at the front desk and kind of the rest is history. I worked operations for about 10 years before I got into revenue management, just about a little over six years ago now. So um, I've really been enjoying that. I, I love revenue management far better than operations, that's for sure. I, I can definitely relate to that for sure. So you started in a casino. Are we allowed to know which one in Vegas? Sure. I worked at a few. I started at the Orleans uh, and then I moved over to the South Point before heading over to Treasure Island for about four years. Oh, wow. That's amazing. What would you say the difference of working at a casino hotel would be from like just like a normal, <laughs> a normal hotel, I guess. I don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> volume, volume and staffing. <laughs> you know, I, I was an assistant hotel manager at Treasure Island. We had 65 front desk agents and I have never seen more than 10 at any um, property since I left Vegas. Wow, no, that's, I've never, I've never even considered that many yes. front desk agents. <laughs> I have to ask like revenue management wise, <laughs> what is the, what does the oversell look like for a property <laughs> like that? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it's it's harder to oversell a 3,000 room hotel. I'll give it that. Um, so, I mean, we really, it was mainly on the weekends, but it was, you know, 10, 15, 20. Uh, just, oh gosh. We didn't play too tight, but I mean, 10, 15, 20 is pretty tight. That gives me anxiety. I've only revenue managed at a property that was like 200, 300 rooms. So, like, an oversell of even five, you know, <laughs> you better yeah, be confident. Five is the number. Oh. 
Oh, that is that is a little bit stressful. So yeah, you started in front desk and now you're in revenue management. Um, it's definitely a fun game. I will say that. Um, being in operations is a tough, tough gig. But yeah, so one of the most, my four, most favorite questions to ask guests on this show is what is your favorite guest story or hotel story from your time in hospitality? Do you have one? Well, working in Vegas, you get quite a few of those, but uh, the, the one that comes to mind most is these people that got real upset about, they, they thought we stole their car keys, uh, and they ended up calling a locksmith, and they got the car key replaced, drove 60, 75 miles, and then came back to tell us that they had left the key in the car and wanted to apologize. So it was like this big, long ordeal about how, yeah. They were That's really crazy. angry, so it was very pleasurable to uh, to get to you know, throw it back at them. <laughs> I'm really happy that they act, they they came back, or I mean, like they could have just called, I guess, but they told you sorry because that is exactly. I, I mean, that's you, why I don't understand why they drove back 75 miles. I mean, they know that they knew they messed up. I hope they like brought like I don't know a fruit basket or something to be like, sorry, I'm a jerk. Here you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's crazy. So that's awesome. Um, every for the people who are viewing, if you have questions, no, I should have started with this. No, um, make make sure to drop it into the, the comment section, people, and we'll answer it live. You know, some kind of free food. Jonathan, it looks like we may have lost you for a second there. Okay, I think we have you back. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I'm, it's going in and out for me. Okay, so, right, but can uh, you hear me okay now? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Perfect, all right, well, let's jump into it then. So we make sure we have the internet connection, okay? <laughs> so, uh, oh, did I? Okay, so I said, let's get into the topic. We're gonna talk about opening a hotel uh, during a pandemic. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about the hotel that you're opening? Yeah, we're getting ready to open the Ameswell Hotel. It's uh, 255 keys in Mountain View, California, so right in the heart of uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, pretty high-end, you know, just shy of real high-end luxury, so we, we intend to compete with the likes of the Four Seasons Palo Alto and the Western Palo Alto, some, some of the bigger-name hotels around here. Um, but yeah, it's it's been in the works for, you know, probably three or four years now, and we're just about complete. we got our construction delayed. We were originally supposed to open in August of this year, 2020, and that's now been pushed into April of 2021 due to delays because of COVID and uh, different different things that happened, that just kind of standard process. But um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're ready to get in there and hit the ground running with this hotel. It's, it's been a real exciting thing for us to be able to make a lot of changes in this, in this time and, and, and kind of really reevaluate how we're going to operate yeah, I was going to mention, so when I talk about opening a hotel in a pandemic, it's not like you guys decided in March of 2020, hey, let's open a hotel. How are we going to do it? Let's get wacky. It's You guys planned on doing this for, what did you say, four years prior? Three years prior? Yeah, so they they were already pretty well into it. I, I joined Story in February of this year, um, but they mm -hmm. were, you know, pretty far along in the process. I already had, you know, the full staffing model baked out, and then when COVID happened, we had to pivot a little bit. Obviously, we we didn't know in the beginning how much of a pivot it was going to be, but we started putting together, you know, 
best case scenarios, worst case scenarios, and a couple in between and, and, and kind of worked it out over the course of a couple months. And then really probably about August, September, it became apparent that it was going to be kind of a, a little bit more of a long-term thing for us. And so, so we really have changed our whole approach and, and uh, really reduce the staffing just to kind of give people the space to be in the building to, to, you know, to work next to each other. You can't have 15 people in the kitchen. You can't have five front desk agents working at a time. You, you got to figure out how to keep people safe and distant and, and make sure that the guests still, uh, you know, get all the, the accoutrement that goes with being in a luxury hotel. So. Of course. And we're going to get to all of that. So, um, did you say that, so starting in, it was like August, September, you really realized that you had to pivot or did you re recognize that a little bit sooner? No, I mean, we did it immediately. I, I mean, in oh, March, okay. April, we put together probably four or five different scenarios of what to expect, whether that would be taking over the hotel in December, start opening in January, uh, worst case scenario in terms of occupancy in ADR, what, what that would look like. So, I mean, we at that time there weren't very you know analysts were saying oh and you know a month we'll be back to normal or two weeks we'll be back to normal so uh we had to take a couple of different approaches will we be back to normal in two weeks or is this something that's going to stretch much longer and so we modeled a few different things and presented it to, uh you know our ownership and you know we just kind of tweaked those until it became a lot more clear like i said probably around august september things became a little bit more clear as to what 2021 was going to look like and when we were going to get the property to yeah. start operating. Yeah. So if you were to give us just like very basic high level of like what that plan looked like without the pandemic, like what were your, what were your plans on opening that hotel? What did that look like that luxury hotel before all of this nonsense happened? I, I mean, it looked pretty much like it would look at any other hotel, you know, you got your executive level, you got your senior leaders, your director level, and then you have kind of middle management down to your line associates. And, I think the biggest thing that we're trying to do and may not be the most popular thing for us to do, but we're just going from the executive level to the middle management level. We kind of eliminated that director level and we're, we're, we're trying to use a bunch of different technologies to make it easier for those managers and the line staff to kind of communicate with each other and, um, you know, just make it easy for the guests to understand and, and, and deliver delivered to them in, in an appropriate way that still gives them a luxury feel but allows us to, you know, maintain the bottom line. Yeah, exactly. So it sounded like for, for as far as staffing is concerned, I want to go through these kind of little one, one at a time uh, because there's a lot involved here. It sounds like you were thinking of, I mean, at least a hundred, how many staff were you planning on in the beginning and what did you kind of whittle that down to? Yeah, our original staffing model was 125 associates and managers. And we've kind of whittled that down now to about 75. Uh, it's kind of going in and out. We have more part-time people now than we had planned on before, kind of just filling shifts and uh, trying to teach people different ways and, and putting different leaders in charge of different departments. So one of the things that we're doing that's kind of a big change and maybe wouldn't be so popular with a lot of people is we have a director of facilities, which is really like our lead engineer. And that person is also going to be responsible for housekeeping. So we're, we're trying to look at it in a different way. And so you have, you're going to have like a complete silo of a front of house leader and a back of house leader. Uh, and so it's just, it's a different way to approach it. And 
I guess we'll see if it works, but I mean, we feel confident about it and, and the way that we kind of set everything up. I think it sounds amazing. I think that, I mean, like, honestly, like the idea of working that many, it, it sounds a little stressful for me, but I have no doubt that you guys have thought it through. Um, are there any other departments you've kind of combined? Um, I don't even know. Revenue I'm just finance. throwing that out there. <laughs> revenue management and finance. Yeah, I mean, um, I have never been a director of finance before. Uh, I'm taking that role on. Uh, I'm doing it now for one of our other properties, and then I'll be expanding that out to Amesville as well. So, you know, I'm learning a lot as I go along with that. But I find that it, it inf helps inform some of my revenue management decisions more than I expected it to. So uh, it, it's good to see those those two sides of the business and let them talk to each other. And I, I mean, I've always had good relationships with my past directors of finance, but I uh, have been a part of hotels where that wasn't always the case. And so, mm -hmm. um, so I got real synergy with my director of finance now, that's for sure. Yeah, I think it's really smart that you guys as a company decided to pivot so quickly. Uh, but I think it's really funny that like in your career, you kind of pivoted too, in a sense, you know what I mean? Like you got to take on this whole new bigger role. And I think it's something that a lot of people in hospitality are um, seeing right now. A lot of uh, directors of sales now are finding themselves area directors, right? So like you get that promotion yeah. surprise. We need you to do, uh, you know, 10x more than what you were doing before. Yeah, five hotels. Make now. it work. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, one hotel. That's cute. Two five. Yeah. So I mean, it's exciting. Um, I think that I think you're going to nail it, though. I think you've got this. Um, I feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. So um, like going back to the staffing, so dropping from 125 down to 75, do you have any concerns around like guest satisfaction or how the guests are going to be affected uh, by that? And what are you kind of doing to you know, make sure that's not the case. Oh, well, I don't only because we, we obviously think there's going to be fewer guests than we initially expected with 125 employees. Um, you know, occupancy will be nowhere near where we, you know, expected it to be, whether that was 2020 or 2021. Um, it'll be, you know, maybe 60% of what we originally thought. And so, you know, we kind of decided to reduce our staff in a compensatory way. We don't have as many, so we, we, we reduce it. Uh, on top of that, we've, we've reached out, we, we, got, you know, different technologies, one of which being, you know, Ivy and through Go Moment with you. And uh, that's definitely something that we envision helping us. You know, we're eliminating a PBX operator in order to have some of those questions answered, answered in an auto automated way, you know, further relieving our front desk staff, our, res our uh, reservation staff, restaurant phone order, uh, excuse me, hosts and bartenders. And so, you know, we plan on using it in a, a variety of different ways, more so than just the way that's advertised. And I think that's kind of how we're looking at a lot of our technology. So, you know, I've worked at a lot of hotels where you have a PMS system and, you know, you really only utilize it to check people in and out and maybe some accounting functionality. But uh, we're going to really try and get the most out of our PMS system and use some of the more advanced features that um, maybe we wouldn't have used in another environment. We, we would have, you know, got some other technology that was more industry standard but we're really going to take advantage of things we have already employed and then we're going to try so for those of you who's just joined if you have any questions for jonathan feel free to drop them into the comments um, and we can answer them live for those of you who don't know what ivy by go moment is um it is a text messaging platform i don't promoted on this show at all. 
just so happens that Jonathan uses it and it looks like we just lost him for a second there. So we'll give him a minute to reconnect. There he is. There he is. Okay. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. You did it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, great. Um, well, I want to talk about uh, some of those other platforms really quick. So other than the text messaging piece and engaging with guests through text messaging, what else has your uh, hotel uh, implemented in order to kind of facilitate the guests? So one of the big ones that we're working on is contactless technology for our restaurant. Um, you know, our main goal is to eliminate menus, it's to reduce service staff to kind of just a, a minimal person that maybe helps multiple tables at a time. And so that's something we haven't necessarily locked down yet. We continue to look for providers and, and see what all these different providers are offering. Obviously, COVID has made a lot of different providers pivot. And so there's a lot of this new technology that's out there and we're just trying to see you know what's going to work best for us and what is you know consistent with the other you know tools that we've been putting in place that's great so what is what will be the i mean you said you're shopping around for something like that for the restaurant but what are the things like what are the check boxes this thing needs to tick off that's going to like make it worth you guys implementing um as you know what i mean like it just will help answer um why that's important for the restaurant right now Yes, yeah, so, uh, mainly we're trying to, you know, find a way to eliminate menus. And so that means, you know, people, people being able to easily use their phone to access a menu and then order and run up a tab. You know, we're, we're trying to get it so that they don't have to order and pay immediately, but they can order one thing, maybe an appetizer or a drink. And then later in, the, in their meal, they can order food. And then that tab will continue to build along with the party that they're with. And that's something that we're still kind of, you know, some providers say they can do it, but it's been more difficult for us to find, you know, you know, fully fled, full fledged examples. So we had a question come in from Michael. Michael wants to know, how are you formulating the 2021 stub budget without any historical data? <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we've, we've gotten as much data as we can from our competitors and we continue to reach out to them, uh, you know, operating, we have one hotel that's operating within that market. And so we use a lot of the beautiful um, you know, hotel horizons and the start industry reporting. And we just combine it all. And then, you know, couple that with, uh, you know, our own, my own forecast for the market and, and kind of how things have been trending for the different concepts that we have here and with Ashante, another hotel that we have a little bit further south, but still have some of the similar competitors. So Jonathan, uh, Jonathan really quick. A lot of it is based on where we expect it to be. Sorry, I don't uh, mean to interrupt. You cut out there at the beginning. So you combine, what do you combine with the star report? Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. I combine the star report with the CBRE Hotel Horizons report. Uh, so we managed to get that for both the San Jose markets and the San Francisco markets because we're kind of on the borderline. And so we, we kind of use a little bit of both of those data data points. Um, I mean, it's it's a guess at this point at, at the very right. least. And then we still don't even know if a lot of our you know competitors are going to be open. There's a, a good chunk of them that are still closed. And so we, we haven't seen what that performance has looked like. However, I pay attention to as hotels open, what their performance looks like in that ramp up. Yeah, 
it really took us about two and a half months to, as they start to reopen. Okay, great. I have a question. What is a stub budget? <laughs> I don't know what that is. I figure I'd ask that. I honestly don't know what a stub budget is. So I talked about my regular <laughs> Michael, budget. Michael, what is a stub budget? <laughs> you have to answer that now because we don't know. Um, but yes, as far as the regular budget, I think that completely makes sense. So I'm going to wait and see Michael responds back to that because I don't, I don't know. Um, or if anybody else is watching knows what that is. Let me know. Let's learn something together. Uh, so, okay, so about the restaurant, what other technologies? Um, I know that you had mentioned a couple other ones that you had implemented at the property or that you're looking to implement. I think you said, um, I, it, yeah. Well, I mean, mainly the, the text message one was a big one because that helps us with the mobile uh, mobile key is the next one I think we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we, we've been looking at different mobile key providers. Ideally, our ownership group doesn't want people to have to download an app, but currently security protocols don't really allow for mobile key without the downloading of an app. So um, we've been looking at different mobile key providers. We use Intellity uh, key, Keeper here at Park James, which is one of them. And it's one we're considering for uh, Ameswell as well. Um, we're also looking at OpenKey. Uh, they partner very well with our PMS, which is Stay in Touch. And so uh, we're just looking at different ones and, and taking different recommendations. And we haven't really contracted anything there yet. We're kind of really holding out until we can get real good example of how those things are working. Uh, and so that we know that we can implement it in a way that's going to be functional for the guests and to, for them to take advantage of it. Because I know that here at Park James, the utilization of Keeper is very low. Yeah. Okay. That's great. I want to ask really quickly, uh, we have about nine minutes left here. And if again, I'm going to say if anyone has questions, please put them in the comments. Um, but you, like, I like, I just go back to the staff aspect, because I feel like that's one of the biggest things, the biggest differences in the, the hotel that you had planned pre-COVID open and the new one. So what do you think some of the benefits are of um, opening um, a hotel with okay. fewer staffs? So you mentioned something about uh, SOPs, creating SOPs and things like that. I think you might be back. Did you hear my question? Okay. Oh, thank you, Michael. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a budget with various steps for operations, sales, space, etc. Okay, well, I appreciate that. So, so many of these hotels have their own lingo. Okay. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really found out that. I, I... Yeah. Go ahead. Jonathan. I wasn't, I didn't do finance with HEI and I wanted to stay as far away from it as I could at that point. I was just trying to get through my normal revenue management stuff. I butted heads enough. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, I think that's very fair. Um, okay. So my, one of my last questions was around staffing. What are the benefits of implementing all this technology and starting with a smaller staff than you had originally anticipated? I think the main benefit that we're looking at is that, you know, everyone's trying to pivot, but it's harder to get your staff, your seasoned staff, especially pretty much everyone that's left is going to be your most seasoned staff 
it's going to be more difficult to get them to change their patterns and the way that they handle things and approach guests and approach different situations. And we're at least in a situation now where we get to teach everybody the way we want it done. And because the staff is going to be so small, we're going to be a very tight knit group. And that's going to be, you know, at the forefront every day, it's going to be preached from, you know, that executive level leader to the, the line level manager and the expectations are going to be there. And, we just expect that being able to put that out there in a fresh way and you know get people excited for this new product and a brand new hotel opening it's going to let us it, it lends itself to allowing us to you know have be successful there i think that's good i think that's really smart that's great and it has to start at the top right otherwise it's not going to work so it's awesome um Absolutely. what else was i going to say oh and so we've if been you're furthering to develop that culture in this entire time so that's great. I love hearing that. That's important. Um, oh, I forgot. I remember what I was going to say. So um, if you're completely surprised, I mean, I'm guessing you budgeted next year to be empty. And if you end up being sold out every night, like say come, you're opening in April. So with the vaccine and everything, say you're sold out. Are you planning on like doing a quick hire of more staff members? Yeah, I mean, I think we still have that original plan and we will create another plan to further add staff as business returns. We don't plan on opening with 75 employees and then, you know, ramping up to, you know, 80% occupancy with those 75 employees. I mean, that's on the expectation that we're not going to get more than 45, 50% occupancy in any given month next year. So, yeah, there's definitely will be, that's what will ramp up into higher staffing levels and you know, add those higher level leaders as we deem it necessary and, you know, needed as they're needed. Yeah. We'll start adding, adding bodies. That makes sense. Um, so if you have, so just to wrap up last question for you is if you had any words, of wisdom, any advice to give the others that are listening right now, who may be opening a hotel or who may be just in a hotel trying to survive, what would that be? Survive. It's coming back. We're, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just do everything you can. Reve I said this on a, a, another interview I did was just revenue management, everything. Look at everything in the light of revenue management and, you know, find where things aren't working and make a change. Don't hesitate to make a change because that change should you know, keep you afloat for an extra month. Yeah, I like that. That's a good, that's a good takeaway. For sure. So in April, what tell us about Ameswell? Where they can they can find more information? Where should we be all going during spring break? I guess come say hi because your hotel sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, AmeswellHotel.com. It's uh, it's going to be in Mountain View. It's really really nice. We got a a brand new office building on campus with us. We got a lot of outdoor space. We're gonna have a nice Airstream bar outside. Nice big pool. Nice. So. Come on down. Everyone's everyone's welcome. We'll do a lot of everyone's especially early in the next year. So everyone's Lots of welcome. employee rates? Like what is it? No? Oh, no. Whoa, hey, I don't know about that. <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> I, I definitely will. Well, everyone, thank you for joining. Um, if you want more information on upcoming guests or to hear past episodes, go to inthemomentpodcasts.com. Hotel Moment happens every, every other Thursday at three o'clock. And I look forward to seeing you again next time. Thanks, Jonathan.